welcome to Bizarre Conspiracies. Before we begin, I want to say that I'm sorry this is late. I became unavailable halfway recording this episode. It's just past midnight for me, and I am here in the studio finishing this episode. Let me know what you think. I haven't covered a topic like this before. If you like it, I'll do more. But let's get into it. Today, I'd like to briefly discuss the Phantom Time hypothesis before moving on to the Great Unconformity. With one, you can readily refute it. With the other, however, not so much. According to the Phantom Time hypothesis, both Charlemagne and the 300 years before him were entirely made up. Now, according to German historian Hilobert Illig, claims that the Gregorian calendar is a fabrication. The year is actually 1720, and a substantial chunk of the Middle Ages were utterly dreamed up. He is sincere when he says that archaeological data backs up his theory. Illich puts forth his hypothesis, coined the Phantom Time Hypothesis, in 1991. He argues that as early as 1000 AD, three global kings devised a strategy to change the date system. Illig claims that in order to make it appear as though Otto III had come into power in 1000 AD rather than 996, Pope Sylvester II, Holy Roman Emperor Otto III, and Byzantine Emperor Constantine worked together to change the calendar. The year 1000 appeared far more relevant than the year 996, given that AD stands for the Year of the Lord. Now, Illich claims that in order to support their claims, the three created fictitious historical people and events and altered pre-existing records. He contended that Charlemagne, the Holy Roman Emperor, was not a real emperor, but rather a King Arthur-like legend. He claims that as a result of all of this meddling and deception, 300 more years were added to the history. Those 300 years didn't actually happen. Illig claims that the issue is an undue dependence on recorded history and an insufficient way of dating medieval relics. According to his investigation, there are a number of differences between the years 614 AD and 911 AD. He claims while the years from 614 to 911 were incredibly dull, the years prior to 614 were jam-packed with historically significant events. He continues by pointing out that there are extra challenges brought on by the mathematical variance between the Julian and Gregorian calendars. The calendars that we are currently using, the Gregorian calendar, argues that a year is actually 11 minutes shorter than what the Julian calendar says. Illig goes on to say that Roman architecture from the 10th century in Western Europe is too modern to have been built during that time period. But Illig isn't the only one who thinks this. In his 1995 article, Did the Early Middle Ages Actually Exist? Dr. Hans Ulrich Nimitz makes the claim that they did not. Nimitz claims that the historians overestimated the time span between Antiquity 180 and the Renaissance 1500 AD by around 300 years. 
When the Dark Ages were claimed to have begun in the year 610, it was noted that the Holy Roman Empire kept records up to that point, but after that, recorded history virtually vanished for 300 years, and that there were little progress in architecture. And there it is, the Phantom Time Hypothesis, basically in a nutshell. Now, yeah, this theory is easily disproved, but let me know what you think. Should I cover more defunct theories? It is extremely fascinating. But speaking of fascinating, let's move on to the main topic here. And that is the Great Unconformity. Because this theory too has missing time. Let's get into it. The term the Great Unconformity has come to mean many various things over the years. Although it was really first used at the Grand Canyon's rim by a geologist by the name of Clarence Dutton. Dutton fell in love with the Grand Canyon's vibrant walls upon first sight. Rock layers that make up the Grand Canyon's walls each symbolize a different era in Earth's history. Some of the lower rock beds in the canyon's depths appear to be slanted. Dutton knew these layers were made up of very old settlements. They had originally been deposited as horizontal beds, primarily in rivers or shallow seas. Later, as the settlements grew harder over time, geological factors forced some layers to rise at an angle. These slanted layer tops were sheared off over time by erosion, and then other layers of settlement were added on top of them later, staying more or less horizontal. As you rarely stack horizontal layers on top of tilted ones unless there's a significant age difference between them, he was aware that each stage in the procedure would take some time. Dutton observed what geologists refer to as an unconformity for sand while studying the Grand Canyon. That's a gap in the geological record. It demonstrates that sedimentation wasn't continuous and that there is an age difference between different rock layer sets, which is sometimes millions of years or more. In the 1800s, Dutton named this the Great Unconformity. The rocks right atop the vast unconformity were deposited down some 500 million years ago during the Cambrian period, as shown by radiometric dating. However, in some places, the rocks below the conformity are about 1.2 billion years older. That is a huge gap. The Earth itself is only about 4.5 billion years old. Therefore, 25% of history of our planet has already been lost at this stage in the Grand Canyon. But the Grand Canyon isn't the only place that shows these gaps. There are gaps in Siberia, Antarctica, and even Scotland. Though researchers are still trying to determine what led to the Great Unconformity. Well, they just might have some suggestions.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sedimentary rock layers are formed by a process called deposition. When eroded geological materials like sand are laid down by wind, water, and ice, they stack up to form sedimentary layers that later transform into rock. A strata is a layer of rock that stands out from all other layers above and below it. A rock sequence is produced by stacking several strata on top of one another, with each level denoting a distinct period of time. And in unconformity is the line separating two strata that differ in age. An unconformity could indicate that there hasn't been any new material deposited there for a very long period, interrupting the rock sequence. Well, not always. You see, unconformities are typically created when an entire layer is worn away in some way. As it happens, the Grand Canyon's stunning walls are dotted with unconformities. Example, there's a 150 million year gap between two stratas of limestone. Two layers, one from the Cambrian period and the other from the early Carboniferous period. Yet, the Great Unconformity is even more significant than that. The Tapetes Sandstone is a layer formed by an ancient tide of a shallow sea that started between 508 and 501 million years ago during the Cambrian period. Below that, you'll find the Vishnu Shes, a section of 1.5 billion year old metamorphic rock, well, and the Grand Canyon Superground, a group of tilted rock layers with ages ranging from 1.25 billion years to 740 million years. And understanding what transpired during that void is critical to explaining why the Great Unconformity exists. The Phanerozoic Eon, which we are currently living in, started in the beginning of the Cambrian period, 541 million years ago. Yet there was a Proterozoic, a considerably larger eon that began 2.5 billion years ago, preceding the current eon. Three supercontinents rose and fell through the Proterozoic, the last of which is known as the Rodinia. Scientists believe it formed 1.3 billion and 90 million years ago. Rodinia has all the known continents that existed at the time when it was fully built. Supercontinents, however, don't last forever. Long before the Cambrian period, some 750 million years ago, Rodinia dissolved. Its dissolution could be connected to another event that took place towards the end of the Proterozoic. 
it would have been a significant occasion. Since the 1930s, researchers have discovered proof that glaciers were frequent around the equator in the late Proterozoic. You can discover a chaotic mixture of sand, mud, gravel, and boulders in the late Proterozoic deposits. These deposits, which go by the name of Tillies, are what glaciers leave behind. Geologists frequently discover these Tillies wedged between limestone strata in locations that were at low altitudes during the late Proterozoic and that likely formed in warm tropical weathers. The snowball earth ideal was born as a result of this discovery as well as the paleomagnetic data and other indications. Back when the earth surfaces was completely covered by glaciers from the pole all the way to the equator. In the late Proterozoic, this probably took place more than once, beginning roughly 116 million years ago and ending around 635 million years ago. And we do think that this has something to do with the Great Unconformity. We believe there was a large-scale erosion outbreak across the entire continent since the Ozarks were so far inland at the time. This might be what led to the Great Unconformity. Okay, I've talked a lot about the Cambrian period, but did you realize that this is also the time in the planet's history when there was the greatest burst of life? Nearly all of modern living forms we are familiar with have had their origins in this period. With over a billion years of rock sedimentary was scooped from the surface of the planet by glaciers, then sunk into evolutions breeding the ocean. This is when fish first appeared. And all this relates to the snowball earth theory because when all the ice started falling into the ocean, it deposited nutrient-rich minerals into the water where it was responsible for the explosion of life. Where the many minerals work as a stimulus for the emergence of modern life. This continues to be the most widely accepted idea for Earth's lost history. But it's just a theory. More importantly, I want to know what you think. Do you really think the year is 2023? And what do you think happened Earth's missing history? Thank you so much for listening to Bizarre Conspiracies. I am Eric Patino. If you want to email me, you can do so at bizarreconspiracies at gmail.com. That's one word, bizarreconspiracies at gmail.com. And before we go, I want to give a big shout out to all of our Patreon members. Thank you so much for your continued support. Because I feel like I just I can't let you down. And if you haven't already and you would like to be a member of our Patreon, there will also be a link for that down in the description of this episode. To $1 a month, you get exclusive episodes every month as long as, you know, bonus material stuff. Thank you for listening. And as always, I will catch you in the next episode. <laughs>